Hello, everyone, and welcome to Crappy Bag of Popcorn, the podcast where our random guests and I talk about so bad they're good movies to see what makes these films the cinematic masterpieces that they are. I'm Rachel, the host of this podcast, and today I'm joined by Anne-Marie. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Well, I'm Anne-Marie. I'm Rachel's friend from college. Alrighty. <laughs> so the movie we are reviewing today is Adult Swim's Yule Log. It was made in 2022. It aired on Adult Swim around the Christmas time period. And if you would like to watch this absolute masterpiece, you can find it on HBO Max. So a little bit of context. I had never heard of this movie before starting this. Anne-Marie introduced me to this. And what I would like to know before we get into the actual review, how did you find this? So I was home for Christmas break and I was trying to find a movie to watch, you know, as one does. And I went to the holiday section on HBO and it had this section that was like bizarre holiday movies or your non-traditional holiday movies. I was like, okay. And then on it said Adult Swim Yule Log. I'm thinking, what is this video of just a like a Yule Log doing in this category? And if you don't know a Yule Log, it's like a video of a fireplace that people put on. And so I click on it. And because there's no, there's barely any description. There really isn't. It literally just says, here's a cozy fireplace. And that's pretty much the only thing. And then there's like the rating, which is like TVMA. Yes. And you're like, what the heck? This is a, a fireplace. Why is there this rating on it? And so me being the curious person I am, I clicked on it. <laughs> and I was like, I'll just watch it. And I just stumbled upon it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the, the way it should be, honestly. Truly, this is a movie you find when you're browsing your streaming service at like 2 a.m. and you're just like, what is this? Oh, yeah. Because we got done watching this like, what, about 20 minutes ago, and I am still reeling. This movie is a trip. <laughs> so we're just going to go ahead and jump right into this. A bit of a content warning for this episode. This is a pretty gory movie, so we might be talking about a lot of gory things and there's definitely a lot of sexual innuendos in there so just a little bit of a warning going forward so we need to talk about the general premise of this movie because it's like a it is a technically a christmas movie but it stops becoming a christmas movie about 20 minutes in that's what you'd say right yeah and i'd say almost even like five minutes in it's no longer christmas anymore like you get a little bit of a holiday tune at the beginning Mm -hmm. but it could just be a fireplace like Christmas is nowhere near the theme. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> I don't even think it's, it's the couch pillows say, hello, fall. Yeah. Like everything's fall. So I don't even, they really just picked it. You know, and now that you point that out. <laughs> it's so, an all season movie. Truly, truly. It's a movie for all seasons. So we need to talk about the opening because it is called, you know, Adult Swim Log, And, you know, as Anne-Marie mentioned, you typically will just put that on the TV to give you your little Christmas party a nice cozy vibe. And this is how this movie starts. It's like just two minutes straight of you just staring at this log while Christmas music plays faintly in the background. And then you're interrupted by the cleaning lady who's come in to clean the lodge. And so she's talking a little bit. She's, going, she's like, oh, I'll have my music in. And she's vacuuming. So she's completely unaware of what's going on around her. And you hear this knock on the door. And she goes to enter the door and this like country, super country lady, <laughs> she'll be important later, keep her in mind, goes, hey, I'm so sorry. my I had trouble with my car. Can I use your phone? And she's like, well, can't you, you know. Use your you, cell phone? Yeah, can't you use your phone? She goes, oh, it just died. Today's not my day. And I will tell you right now, that is how they get you. If someone comes up to your door and says that, do not believe them. Do not do what this lady in this movie did. So there's Rachel's tip of the day. Yeah, t- PSA of the day, of course. And of she course. said this out loud when we were watching. I had already seen it. And so, of course, I knew this was how they got her. Mm-hmm. But just hearing her to be like, yep, 
This is this is where this I know where this is going. Oh, absolutely. and you're right. You're yeah. right. Oh, yeah. What happens yeah. after that? <laughs> they kill her. <laughs> She's a goner. <laughs> because here's the deal. It's not the country lady. She has a son. I think he comes in the door. Yeah. And she's like, who's this? And go, oh, this is my son. And then all of a sudden, she's just murdered. Right in front of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Vaguely. Yeah, vaguely. That's another thing we're going to talk about is like the camera angles, because that is that is related to this scene. And it's really cool. Oh, yeah. I, I really kind of, we're kind of getting off topic a little bit here. But I really <laughs> enjoyed the cinematography in this movie. Yeah. Because, you know, when you go into a movie about a killer log, you don't really expect <laughs> quality cinematography. And I was shocked because I'm like, there's some artistry behind this, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. So she gets murdered. She gets murdered and then... So they, the mother and son take the body. Yes. And they're like hiding it when they hear someone coming to the door. Yes. And so then we're introduced to our, ha- our happy couple. Our, yeah, happy cu- couple. You can't see this, but I'm, I've got that in air quotes. So the happy couple, Alex and Zoe. And this is where I want to talk about the dialogue for a little bit because... It's, it's something. It's not exactly bad, but it's not exactly great either because they kind of just jump from one idea to the next. Yes. And there really isn't a lot of fluidity to it. It feels like they said, what are the top things couples fight about? Mm-hmm. And go. Yeah. No transitions. First, we're talking. I don't know. Well, I guess it doesn't matter if there's spoilers. But first, we're talking about, oh, he proposes. Yes. They're on this trip and he's setting up this like proposal. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't say yes. Yeah. They get into this argument about the climate and climate change because she works to save the coral reefs and that's been on her mind a lot lately, that among other things. And they talk about her anxiety. Before that, it's the anxiety. Then it's like, I'm afraid I'm like my mom. Mm -hmm. And then it turns into, do we need to up your medication? Mm -hmm. And then it goes into climate change. Mm -hmm. It's truly just like, what are things people fight about? Mm -hmm. Oh, and then we just jump right back into the sheriff and his deputy walks in and they're like, Hey guys, you shouldn't burn that log. You see that log? They used that to hang slaves back in the Civil War. Well, and prior to that, he says there's a killer on the loose. That's why yes. they're there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here. <laughs> really excited. <laughs> I am, y'all. This movie's wild. Um, so yeah, there's a killer on the loose. They come to tell them that there's a killer out there, and then they also say, "Hey, you shouldn't burn that log. You should dispose of that in the morning." Keep the sheriff in mind too. He will be important later. A lot of people will be important later. If they truly tie it. Like it is a full circle by it, the end it, of it. It is. I was thinking about that as we were wrapping up. I'm like, they really just brought everything full circle. I said, you remember that minor detail you thought was the craziest thing? Well, it is crazy, but here it is again. That's something is minor details. At the beginning, you can, there's a lot of minor details in some of the camera work because it'll focus on one scene, but then there will be action going on in a completely, what we would think would be an irrelevant area. So just as we're about to introduce more characters, if you look through the glass in the door of the cabin, you can see the lightning flashing and that's telling you, oh, more characters about to come in. Or it'll focus on the reflection of this trophy and you can see the country woman and her son who killed the cleaning lady, they're peeking, still- Peeking they're, out in another room. Yeah, because they're still hiding in the house. So it, it's really, it's actually really interesting. But anyway, back to the plot, <laughs> because, oh my gosh, we have a lot to cover here. Killer on the loose, don't burn the log. Why shouldn't we burn the log? Yes, because it is cursed. They, It is from a tree that they used to hang slaves on. So- all, all of this is important later. So, we're, of course, Zoe, our main lady, I relate to her because she's like, oh my gosh, enough with the stupid wedding. Like, there's a killer on the loose and we have a we cursed- We need to get out of here. We have a cursed log in our house. 
So they put the, the, the sheriff puts the log out, they leave, she's freaking out. And then we are introduced to our next group of characters. It's four groups of, I don't know, I would say millennials. They yeah, look like a car full of millennials come mm-hmm. up on vacay. Mm-hmm. And here's the funny thing is they're podcasters and they kept making podcast jokes. And so the entire time we were watching this, Anne-Marie would just point at me and be like, they're you. <laughs> this is for you. <laughs> but um, so they come in. Turns out they double booked the cabin. The vacay millennials and Zoe and Alex. So we're like, well, we can't deal with this until the morning. So I guess we're all just hanging out. Of course, with a killer on the loose, Zoe's like, oh my gosh, I don't want these randos in our house. Yeah. I mean, I I, I, empath- I empathize with the girl. We also know that like, went before they got to the cabin, the car full of millennials, they mm-hmm. took an edible. Mm-hmm. So it would hit as soon as they got there. So they couldn't drive anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And so that's another, like they're stuck there until the morning for that too. Mm-hmm. So that happens, they all argue, and basically everyone starts to separate. Some of the millennials go into, there's a hot tub at the cabin. They go into the hot tub. Mm-hmm. Zoe's like, I'm going upstairs to pack. And um, Alex is just hanging out with the rest of the millennials. But one of the millennials, one of the podcasters, he doesn't. He's like, oh, I don't want to go to the hot tub. I want to go ro- uh, wash all this road stink off of me. So he goes upstairs to shower. And we are left alone with the Yule log. And what happens? But the Yule log like levitates from the fireplace yes. and starts like floating around the house, hunting for its next victim. And the camera angle had stayed the same, like you're looking through the sky's camera. Yes. Up until this point, we're whipped around. Now we're following this Yule log. They say we're in like the point of view of, of the, the Yule, Yule log. Of the Yule log. And we're following it up the stairs. And sorry, y'all, it's about to get a little gory. We follow it up the stairs into the shower and we just like see the driver be totally shocked at a floating Yule log, which is on fire, I should Still add. Still flaming. Yeah. And it just starts bashing him in the face. Takes He takes, I'll give him credit, he took like four hits to the face. It was it was a lot. It, it is Full a lot. Full force flaming Yule log coming at him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he dies and we kind of just don't address that for, for a right now. Yeah. They just think he's still taking a shower. Yeah. No one notices for Yes, real. yes. So everyone comes back in from the hot tub and they're all hanging out. The old log is back in its place. Yes, yes. The it floats log. back home. Yes, yes. It, it, yeah. It, it, it's an interesting <laughs> little Yule log. I'm oh, telling you. They took the, it lit itself before it went. Yes, I, yes, I forgot about that. So yeah, it, they, you know, I mentioned that they put the fire out on the fireplace, but the Yule log lit itself back up because like I mentioned, it's cursed. Yeah. Yeah. They they come back in yeah. and they, they're just chatting it up. They're just talking. At this point, the edibles everyone had, they're starting to kick in. They're feeling it. Mm-hmm. And this is when one of the wackiest, just goofiest scenes in this whole movie happens. Because one of the dudes, he's he's one of the main podcasters. He says he's a freelance photographer. He's not. But he he's a drug dealer, kind of the wash up of the group. And I mean the edibles really starting to kick in for him because he gets down on all fours and he crawls through the fireplace because this weird little man in an orange suit was sitting on the Yule log and goes, hey, come down here. I got something to show you. I don't know why I listened to him, but he goes down there. Apparently no one notices this grown man. Crawling into the fireplace. Crawling into the fireplace. Yeah. Through this like portal. Mm-hmm. And so we go in there and it's just might I add some of the worst green screen you've ever seen. They go into like a bar and like there's a just- flaming room. Yes, yes. I would also like to mention one of the little details I really like. There's a bartender in the back, but he's a deer. And behind the bar, there is like a human face where like a deer head would be. 
I didn't even notice that. I, I thought missed that was, twice and I didn't even notice. I thought it was so cool. That, and again, it's the little details in this movie that really make it so interesting. Uh, this also my favorite part. The guy goes, this is kind of like that meme. Yes. You know, the one with the dog in the room burning goes, it's fine. Yeah. And I just thought that was hilarious. Well, he says it funny. He's like, this is like that meme. That meme. Because <laughs> they're just sitting at a table in a flaming bar. And so they're, they're just talking for a little bit. And he goes, I could make your life better because I know you're kind of a wash up. <laughs> you're so, the disappointment of the group. Uh, Let yeah, me change. Yeah. That. Your sister's far more successful. <laughs> so we go into this magical elevator. Okay. And he's just showing us basically windows of previous lives because apparently this elevator can see into both past, the past, present, and future. Yeah, it can see everything. And so he takes him. He ta- this guy's name is Henry, by the way, the wash-up druggy guy. He takes Henry into this elevator, and they're they're looking through the windows. And he goes, "I know how to make you not a wash-up. You see your mom right there. She's eight months pregnant." crawl through this window into this into this time period take that sheet of paper that's sitting on the desk write a plus plus in this magic marker and stick it on the fridge but you can't be spotted you can't wake your mom up from her nap because she's napping she's pregnant with him yes she's pregnant with him at the moment so he goes in there he does it and you're like oh my gosh it got it all went off without a hitch (laughs) you go dude (laughs) a plus plus yeah exactly (laughs) and then the guy asks him he's like or the whatever man asks him like oh well what did you do what i said and he's like yeah i put it i put it on what, what did on her say? stomach on her stomach he wasn't supposed like reminder he wasn't supposed to put the, the paper fridge. he was supposed to put the paper on the fridge and he keeps saying no i did it with a stomach and it cuts and he's holding a bloody knife no no first it's a red mark oh yeah my bad my bad yeah <laughs> and he go <laughs> the guy goes but i told you to put it on the fridge and he's like no i put it i put it on the fridge no and he's like stumbling and then it cuts from the red marker to a bloody knife. Mm-hmm. Like, and Henry's just covered in blood. And all of a sudden, the, I, I'm going to call him the little demon guy. It's never really clear who little this- Little fireplace man. I think yeah. that's what his credit is. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, it's never really clear who or what he is. What he symbolizes. I mean, you can yeah. speculate, but we never specifically we, we never get that nailed down. And he goes, I'm sorry. I can't talk with someone who, who doesn't exist because it turns out he went back in time and he killed his pregnant mom. mother with him. That's yeah. pregnant with him. Yeah. So there we go. He can't be a wash up if he doesn't exist. So he literally, I don't know if y'all seen that meme where it's the dude making the peace sign and fading out, but it was that exact same image that entered my head as the dude just fades out of existence. And he's gone. And we cut back to the living room and it's entirely, it's, a different guy. it's an entirely different actor. No one's acting like anything happened and they're all like, oh, Henry, I love you. And Henry is not Henry anymore. It was so funny. We all just had to stop and laugh at it. <laughs> Yeah, so then what happens next? So we mentioned previously in their argument that Zoe, Zoe's got a lot of anxiety. She's on meds. And we learned the reason for this is because she gave a coworker of hers money to go take to the bank. And while, a job that she always does. Yes, this was Zoe's job and she gave it to a coworker because she couldn't do it that day. And turns out the coworker, whose name is Willow, gets robbed and murdered. And Zoe blames herself for this. She's got a ton mm-hmm. of anxiety. And with the killer on the loose... Oh my gosh. Overload. Yeah, overload. So all this happens. And finally, one of the girls goes, I'd also like to mention that one of the girls is clearly showing interest in Alex. And how does she show her interest? She inches her toes toward him. Her dogs. Her dogs, yes. <laughs> the <laughs> like dogs are coming on the couch closer. And she's just scooting them toward him. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, you do you, I guess. And then Zoe walks in and is like, what are you doing? Yeah, she's like, what are y'all doing? Why is the log burning? Yes, because the log is back on fire. So that all happens. Everyone's freaking out. And then all of a sudden they're like, wait a minute, where's the where's the driver? 
So they go back upstairs and they find him in the shower. Face gone. It's completely gone. Bash in. And I would like to just describe one of my favorite scenes in this movie. There's a lot of favorite scenes. You will discover that. <laughs> um, <laughs> they go, oh my gosh, call 911. Should we give him mouth to mouth? And then the other one goes, he, he doesn't, doesn't have, have a mouth. He doesn't have a mouth. <laughs> so this is going on. Everyone's freaking out. And the log strikes again because one girl's like leaning up against a column or whatever. And she's crying on 911. And I guess her head just explodes or the log. The log comes and just like, well, bam. Yeah, it just gets her. Gets her. (laughs) And so, of course, everyone's freaking out. They're all running around. So replacement Henry is the next one to go. So Yes, because he's trying to like fix the situation. Yeah. And the log, he's trying to put the fire out. He's like, oh, we need this log's going to burn the house down if we don't get it. Yeah. So we got to put the fire out. Let me just mention that he takes a very flammable blanket and just puts it over the log and is trying to get it to go out. How the how the blanket didn't catch on fire, I don't know, but he does it. And, but the log doesn't take too kindly to this because next thing you know, he's flying around like he's in the middle of a Quidditch match, just on this <laughs> flying log going up through the house. And it finally just like hits him up against the roof of the, of the house. And he's just, he's gone. He's gone. Now we've got three people killed by Yule log. Yes. Three deaths by Yule Log, all within like five minutes of each other. And I mean, our original group was six strong. We're down to three. So yeah. yeah. So the, the Yule Log's back on the hunt. And Anne-Marie mentioned this. It's kind of prowling the house like a shark. which <laughs> It has to stay moving, I think. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, and I would also like to mention when it does kill other Henry, it just yells, arson. Oh, yes. <laughs> the Yule Log can speak. Yeah, it can speak. All, again, all this will become important later. So they go and they start hiding in this closet. And for some reason, Alex and Zoe decide right now is a great time to have a heart to heart because they're talking death about Death is it. nearing. Yeah, death is nearing. They're like, do this super long kiss. And they're talking like, we can my make camera- a movie out of yeah. this. Yeah, he's like, my camera's down there. We can make a movie out of this. And she's like, like a theatrical one? It won't, be, it won't go straight to Netflix? It went straight to HBO Max. Um, <laughs> and he goes, no, 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 no. This will be theatrical. I want so, Chris Pratt to play me. Who do you want to play you? <laughs> we never find out who she wants we to play We never her. find out. Mm-mm. Plot hole. Because the Yule Log was listening through the vent. Yes, it, it heard them, I guess, through the vent. And it's tracking them because you see this ominous orange glow. <laughs> Coming towards them. <laughs> and so they run out. They all run out. And they slam the door back on the Yule Log. And they're all just freaking out. And they're starting to make a run for it. You're like, oh my gosh, they're going to get out of the house. But do you remember the mother and the son who have been hiding in this house the whole time? They slam the front door they're shut. Still there. And they knock them out. And we and when we reawaken, Holly, who is the other girl who is still alive, she's part of the millennials. And then Zoe are tied up in the living room with the, the little, son. Yeah, with the, with the son, whose name is Arvid slash, they call him Pleatherface? Pleatherface, Pleatherface. Yes. And then the mom, who is creatively called mother <laughs> is locked in the laundry room with Alex and she listen I have seen many interrogation scenes in movies <laughs> this is gonna be one of the weirdest ones because she grabs a knife and pimento cheese out of the fridge and I liked <laughs> pimento cheese until I watched this I did this. too I'm a pimento it, cheese girly I'm usually not sensitive to scenes like this and with food but there's something about how she does it now, I, I don't vomit easily, but I was getting a little nauseous watching this. I'm, I'm the same way. And she, 
It's she's just going at it. It's disgusting. With a knife. Yeah, like, with, we could have just taken a fork, a spoon. No, no, no. We're a villain. We need a knife. Of course, of course. And she's just eating it and they're talking. He's trying to he's trying to sweet talk her. And I'll give her credit. She's a lot smarter than, you know, he thinks she is. So, you know, you you ain't that smart in this old lady. Mm-mm. But halfway through the interrogation, she goes, Oh my bad, I've just been hogging all this pimento cheese. And she just like holds you up the sloppiest pimento cheese and she goes, You want some? So <laughs> I'm so sorry, y'all. This is just such a wild movie. Truly. But so she like starts to force feed him the pimento cheese with the knife. And there's just like this weird like tension because the camera is framed so close to them and they are blocked so close to each other. You think they're about to kiss. I'm like, no, no, no. Y'all have got pimento cheese all over your mouth. Please don't kiss. Literally the only thing I think you can see is like her face Mm -hmm. and then his chin. You can't even see his whole face. Like, that's mm-hmm. how close the camera is. It, it was, there was some tension. And, <laughs> and not the good it was No, it was so bad. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and he keeps trying to sweet talk her. And he tells her about Bumble, the dating app, and about how her son just needs to, you know, get out there on the on she online wants dating. Kids. Mm-hmm. She wants a grandbaby. But she can't get one because her son keeps murdering all of his yeah. potential suitors. He, he's just, he's he's too big of a guy and he just, he keeps killing everyone. And while this is going on, it should be mentioned that Arvid is trying to murder Holly at the moment. And he's so p- he's, picking between the two, which one does he want to murder first? And he keeps just going, eeny, meeny, eeny, meeny, mm-hmm. eeny, meeny. <laughs> he finally picks Holly. And so he's starting to like hug her to death, I guess. And meanwhile, Zoe, resourceful little gal, her, she's up against the fireplace, so she's got her arms tied behind her back. She's trying to burn the, the rope off. She She's not doing too well. But luckily, luckily, we are saved because you see a blue light. And remember how I mentioned they called 911? You're like, oh my gosh, there's a blue flashing the light. The police are here. Y'all, it's not the police. I would tell you to guess what it is, but you can't respond. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. It's aliens. And... Did you pick up on the fact that the whole time the podcasters are talking about their podcast, they mention they look into UFO sightings? Yes, they do. And so you think this is way out of left field, but it's actually all connected. Like we said, like, it's crazy. You think, again, like small minor details. Mm-hmm. They're just talking about this weird alien thing. But I guess you should know, like watching movies, if they keep bringing it up, it's probably going to come back. So there's a literary technique. It's called Chekhov's gun. And the idea is if you show me a gun, that gun needs to be used sometime later in the story. And this movie employs Chekhov's gun incredibly well because every single metaphorical gun that you see in this movie it's and a real one, it is used. And these aliens were the epitome of that. They truly were. Um, so they show... The lights and they show what looks like a shooting star. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. No. UFO. It's a UFO. And you look outside the window and there's just a UFO sitting in their backyard. Just parked its car right It's there. just parked. And mother is just sitting there bewildered. And then you go. And, As one is. Yeah. And then they go to the front door and the an, an alien, a silver one, which I might I add, according to the only surviving podcaster, is the worst one. They're, oh, I didn't even pick yeah, up on the that. Worst they're ones. just categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I actually mm. read about this a while back, and there are categories of them. Oh. Yeah. I don't remember this. It was a while ago, but apparently silver ones are pretty bad. Um, <laughs> they're up there. Yeah, they're up there. So <laughs> the alien is just sitting there in their front door, and it goes to kill Mother. And the way it does it, it takes its gun. I don't even want to call it a gun because it's like a... 
I, I don't know. Well, I told a gun just yeah. to make it simple. A, a very like sci-fi ray gunny looking thing. Yeah. And you think, oh, it's going to shoot her. No, dear listener. Mm-mm. No. It shoots these four tendrils into your eyes, up your nose, and in your mouth, and it just like sucks the life out of you. And like the blood almost. Yeah, I you think. can you can hear, you can see all the blood coming out. And it's fun fact. filling up like a... A little canister. Yes. Yeah. And you can, they mentioned this earlier in the movie, how there had been alien abduction victims who suffered these exact same things. And now you see how they how they lost you know, a specific kidney or so much blood or had these weird puncture wounds. This is how, with the weird gun. It's giving chupacabra sucking up the blood from cows. Yes, yes. So mother is dead, but you gotta remember, Alex is still tied He's up. He's still sitting there watching. Mm-hmm. With pimento Bewildered. cheese all over his mouth. He's Bewildered. Watching. Yes. And I will give this movie credit. It doesn't discriminate. It, it goes right Equal for him. Mm-hmm. It goes right for him and it starts to kill him. And then it just stops. So you think Alex is dead and you're like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And then, so we cut back to the living room. I don't know what's happening to Holly at this point. She's still getting hugged to death. Yeah, he's done with Holly. He just decides he doesn't like her. And he's coming up to her and he's like, oh my gosh, I like you so much. Let me show you my body. And you're like, oh my gosh, what am I about to see? One of our friends walked in right when he said, <laughs> let me, do you want to see my body? Mm-hmm. And I was, I see Le- our friend Liam enter out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, oh God, thank God it was him and not someone else. Because oh, we're okay. watching some sem- semi-public setting. Oh, of course, of course. It adds to the thrill of it. And then after that, he says, do you want to see my ding dong? Mm-hmm. The, the guy in the movie, just to clarify. Yes. So Arvid, to circle back to the, you want to see my body? He grabs an ax and he just rips it, breaks it in, in half. half. And then he goes, you want to see my ding dong? And of course you're freaking out. You're like, oh my God. You're like, no, God, no, 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 please. I don't want to see this. Luckily, the power of editing comes to save us because this is a running theme throughout the movie that we haven't actually brought up until now. But throughout, while we're focused specifically on a shot of the fireplace, this weird montage showing different time periods will kind of go through it. So there's like 1800 Civil War story going on at the same time. It cuts to like what appears to be the 1920s or 30s. Mm-hmm. It goes to the 50s and then probably the 90s. And yes. then we cut back to the modern era. And this is exactly when that weird little montage plays. And we're back in the 1800s with a slave owner and one of the slaves. And they're talking, you know, hey, I know you're going to visit Mr. Luther, who is another slave owner. And she goes, can you check on my son for me? I made him this blanket. And he reveals that he didn't sell her son to Mr. Luther because he, someone else offered a better price for her son. And she's freaking out because she's like, you sold my son. This awful person. Yeah, this horrible person. So we see his back or like we see, no, we're looking at her. We think, so that part that you said, it happened a little earlier. Mm -hmm. We get a different scene to where she's kind of the the slave and the slave owner. We get that flashback, but it's her being so, like she's angry. Of course, of course. Because it's her son. And this, instead of selling her son to, it's hard to talk about this because like it's awful in general. Oh, yeah. The nicer of the evils yeah, yeah. sold to the worst. And she's like, this is the guy that like chops off limbs and the slave owner. He's like, well, I mean, he has to keep, He's got to keep some of his slaves. So, I mean, like, he's not going to be dead. Yeah, yeah. And then... What um, would my daddy think? Yeah. And then she's like, that's our... That's our son. Yeah. So, you learn that they... This is their kid. And she uses a knife and kills him. Mm-hmm. And that same knife 
drops down from the fireplace at this moment. We go back to real time. Yes. And you think, okay, she's going to stab him. This movie is so wild. It takes such a long time to process. You, I can't understate, I can't say that enough. The log comes in and it starts to wrestle with Arvid. I would like to mention while Arvid is wrestling this log, he doesn't make a single noise. The log is still on fire and he's just wrestling this thing. Silently. It, yeah, he, it's dragging him across the ground. He's not making a single noise. He's just getting dragged. And the, he just chucks the log into the woods and yells, I'm not a sodomite. And he just kind of runs after it. Now reminder, the alien is still in the house. It's just gotten done, presumably killing Alex. And Holly is just playing dead. So of course it goes straight for Zoe. And it's like, I'm going to kill you. And it's just, it's terrible. You're just like, oh my gosh, Zoe's going to die. She made it this far. Like these people are making it this far. And now they have to fight an alien too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They fought a log. They fought a killer, now an alien. And she's terrified. And the alien is taking it, it's taking a sweet time. Yeah. Luckily, our true hero, Arvid, who had just been kind of hanging out for a while, shows back up. Because he takes his axe and you see you see like this blue get this blue gel, I guess, just like gets squirted all over Zoe's face. And you look up, and Arvid has chopped the head off of the alien. The way I don't remember it is we just watched it. <laughs> this movie's wild. It, I think it like drains you it watching really does. it. Because I remember wa- being like, this this ending, this 20 minutes feels like 40. It did, yeah. But continue. Yes, yeah, so we're getting ahead. So it, it kills the alien. And now you're like, oh my gosh, he's going to show her his ding dong because he's so excited because he's got Zoe all to himself. But the knife that fell through the flashback that Anne Marie just oh. mentioned. Yeah. It falls through, she grabs the knife, and she just stabs him in his... Ding dong. Yeah, in his ding dong. (laughs) Multiple times. And then somehow she manages to stand up, and she stabs Arvid in the eye. He's dead. The alien's dead. But remember, the log is still on the loose. It's still out there. So we manage... So we go and save Alex. Alex is still alive. I don't know how he's still alive because if you look not a second later, Mother is just on the ground, just a shriveled yes. bag Deflated. of skin or something. So we go and save Alex and then we go and save the other millennial, Holly. And so we're all getting out. We make it to the car and then she goes, crap, where are the keys? So she has to go back into the kitchen and get the keys. Holly booked it, by the way. Yeah, yes. Tell us about that. Well, so Holly survived. She's watching this whole thing go down because I guess everyone thinks she's dead. She played dead. Yes, she did. She's like, I'm going to play dead. Good luck. Mm-hmm. But now that they're they're gone, they're like running to the car. And she when they're like, we, we forgot the keys. They're in the kitchen. We have to go back. She's like, I'm not doing it. Uh-uh. I'm taking my chances outside. Mm-hmm. And so she. And to her credit, I think she, I think she lives. I thought we hear her screaming. We might. It was she. I think she got off by the log. All right. Well, we'll see. Anyway, Holly may have. We'll like leave it open to interpretation. We'll leave it open. To, we don't a lot see of this, her die. Yeah, a lot of this movie is very open to interpretation, and you'll see why in a little bit. So we go in to get the keys, and Zoe decides, "All right, I've had enough of this log." So she grabs her tiny handgun and the other half of the hatchet, and it's just a super like will be your stereotypical, you know, badass scene in a movie. Mm -hmm. And she's standing in the door and she's like, I'm going to kill you. And so she just... Chucks the knife. Not the knife. The gun. Yeah, she just throws the gun away. So why did she even bring it? And she just swings the hatchet and she just slams the log into the fridge. And Mm -hmm. they shut the fridge. 
They put the rest of the hatchet through the fridge doors and it's just, it's locked in there. Like, oh my God, we killed the log. Thank God. I should mention when she goes to free Holly, she, she meets the weird little- She's distracted by him. Yeah, she meets the weird little orange demon fireplace man. And he's like, come on down. So she takes the knife and she's crawling into the fireplace and we're back in the weird fiery bar. Mm -hmm. They talk for a little bit and he goes, listen, I know you're just riddled with anxiety and guilt over Willow's death. I can help you with that. And so they're in the elevator and he's like, you know, just, you see that staircase? Your parents are about to come in here and they're gonna have a child and it's gonna be you, but put this baseball bat on the stairs and that won't happen. And she refuses and she tries to kill him. And he goes, no, 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 no. I was looking for this knife. Thank you so much. And you're just like, I would also like to mention this scene probably goes on for about two minutes, mm -hmm. but it kind of drags because it's in the middle of everyone trying to escape from the log. I think that was the point where I was kind of getting a little restless. Yeah, it was like, okay, movie, I'm kind of ready for you to be done. You got 20 minutes left. What else are you going to throw at us? Mm -hmm. And... So you're like, oh my gosh, what is she going to do? You know, weird little orange demon man is just going to kill her. And luckily, this giant fire stick from, or what is it? Fire, fire po poker. Yeah, yeah, this giant fire poker from nowhere just appears and stabs little orange demon man. And Zoe just pulled out of Back the Back into consciousness, yeah. yeah. By Alex, I should mention, who throughout this time has had absolutely no energy mm -hmm. whatsoever. No energy. Homies are on the brink of death. Mm -hmm. And he also has enough energy to like grab his camera and swing it around. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm coming back for that camera and the keys. Mm -hmm. You did mention it was a good camera. And mm -hmm. I mean, I don't blame him. I do the same thing. Great quality. That's what we watched the whole like first 20 minutes on. Of course. And so they go and they escape. And do you remember the sheriff we mentioned at the very beginning? He's not a real sheriff. No. Because we pull up on a cult worshiping the tree that the yule log came from mm -hmm. and the sheriff is like the head of the cult and he goes it's not what i look like i swear and because they're all dressed in like red robes yeah. they're doing your stereotypical like horror movie horror cult. movie cult thing yeah, yes. yeah and <laughs> she goes i'm not doing this and so she just runs him over with her car mm -hmm. she just starts hitting the cult members and then <laughs> alice goes don't stop babe and she goes don't worry i'm not stopping until we run out of gas and the film just kind of abruptly cuts Mm -hmm. we're, we're just done it's daylight yeah daylight it's they're driving they're like definitely back in civilization mm -hmm. they're coming up to stoplight it's daylight that that they have great mileage they on do car. because let me mention they left that cabin in the middle of the night it's black yeah and it looked to be about anywhere from seven to nine in the morning when they pull up alex is coming too he's like oh my gosh we lived and she goes alex i will marry you mm -hmm. and then <laughs> It's a horror movie. It can't end well because out of, in the driver's window, you see the flaming log just hovering, but wait. So the log is floating in the driver's seat window, but then we cut into like kind of a, kind of a crossfade into what appears to be kind of a, some sort of advertising firm because you can see the log on someone's computer screen and then it pans around to the slave owner and the, and the slave in very modern very modern context yes yeah they both work at the advertising firm they're going to send off the advertisement of this cotton plant to the client mm -hmm. and they're walking they're like oh well, why don't we just take the rest of the day off we'll leave so they're leaving and then they see arvid except he's not wearing a weird mask because i should mention he's been wearing a mask this whole time he goes leather face yeah that's why he's leather face yeah and he mentions he goes 
well, I got the AC working. I had to beat it into submission, but you know, I got it working. They're like, oh, thanks, Arvid, for doing that. And they're just talking. And then they just start repeating those same lines. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so sorry, your son, our son, I beat it into submission. And everything just starts to catch on fire. And, and they like are slowly turning back. With every time they say it, they get more and more back in their context mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. they were in, that we've seen them in. Yeah, like changing facial expressions, changing like uh, costumes. Yes, yes. After this happens, it's it's like the consciousness of the log. I'm pretty sure this part is just weird. I truly, you have to see it to know. Yeah. So it's it's just the consciousness of the log, and we cut back to Zoe and Alex in the car. And Alex, being in the passenger side, he sees the... Sees, sees it coming. He sees the log, and he, just this look of shock enters his face. And then we just cut to the log flying into the car, and you see blood splatter on the inside of the car windows. Mm-hmm. Cut to black. And the world's greatest ending theme. And the first line is, so you've got trauma, or something yeah. like that. And it's, and that's, that's the movie. And the credits play to what other than... A Yule log burning in the background. Of course. And they have their own theme song made for this mm-hmm. movie, and they play it the whole way. Mm-hmm. Add another log to the fire is what it says. Yes. So that's the plot. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the production, because the production of especially these really bad movies mm-hmm. just fascinates me to no end. And this one's got a wild little story. So... As we mentioned, it actually aired on Adult Swim, and it was directed by Casper Kelly, who, if you don't know, he produced uh, the short film Too Many Cooks. That film went viral. It was kind of his big claim to fame, but it was like 11 minutes long. So I would also like to mention that Adult Swim Yule Log is also technically his first debut feature film. And for this being his first feature film, it's actually... it's. It's not bad. Like the the cinematography, I really like the colors in it. There's mm-hmm. a great sense of warmth to it, especially yes. getting lots of oranges and yellows and just welcoming tones. I really like it. I'm also a sucker for warm color schemes. Mm. I think that might have like, I don't know if that was intentional to make it fall, but all the decor was fall. And I think that kind of brought in, even though it's like Yule Log Christmas, it kind of brought in that warmth of yes. having the oranges on the, the pillows and all yes, that. Yes, yes. And... Listen, I really like the editing side of film. And I will give this guy credit. He did try to do something unique with the editing. I'm not saying it played out very well all the time <laughs> because you're just there's just these weird half so montages playing over. You're looking at the screen and all of a sudden two thirds of it will be in black and white or something. It was very, I don't know, maybe experimental in yes. aspects. Like, yes. Which I think kind of going in hearing the concept just even the brief before getting in the aliens the killer just like, <laughs> yes <laughs> i think you can kind of tell like this is very experimental yes film. yes so i will give him credit where credit is due so and uh, parts of the dialogue weren't bad there definitely could have been some more fluidity but mm-hmm. i mean for a dude's first debut feature film it's not bad but the plot is just so wild and silly and goofy i can't help but love it but anyway the biggest thing that really struck me about this film is this was created without any type of corporate approval. It got greenlit by an executive, but the higher ups, no approval whatsoever. They didn't know about it. It was a secret the wow. whole time. Yeah. Just <laughs> a little, little fun little underground project. For yeah. Because Adult Swim, they have this extra little fund laying around that it can provide money to cheaper projects because I believe this project only came in at about a million dollars, which for movies, that is incredibly cheap. Yeah. 
So he he had he could just kind of dip into that fund and nobody knew about it. I mean, and he mentioned having to keep this a secret. He worked when it, the film went to post-production, he was working with six different editors and still had to keep the whole thing a secret because the guy who, the executive who, who did greenlight him, not some corporate higher up, but just a film executive, he left. So nobody knew about this film at all. Mm. And it was just so crazy. And another thing, with it technically being a Christmas film, it's got a deadline to hit. Yeah. You you can't miss, I mean, you already can't miss deadlines in the media industry, but then you throw Christmas on top of that, you can't miss it. Mm-mm. This entire film was shot in 15 days. That's insane. Yeah, 15. I can't imagine, like, because it's not, I don't know, like, the film, the timeline of it's all within the span of, like, probably a few hours. Mm-hmm. Like, the actual setting of the film. But just kind of like how technical some of these shots have oh, to be. Oh, absolutely. Because you've got so much action coming. You've mm-hmm. got a flying Yule log. You've got, and if you mess up a scene, the cleanup time on that, because you've yes. got blood flying everywhere. Yes. That's, that's incredible. Well, and the other thing kind of about that harsh deadline and, you know, not a lot of room for error, there were multiple scenes where they, they used a lot of practical effects. So really the fact that they did manage to do this in 15 days, the scene where other Henry is flying around like a, on a little Quidditch stick with mm-hmm. a flying U-log. He, the, the entire log was in visual effects, but he's actually hanging on to a light the entire time. A light. A light when this is happening. Like? Like a, like a big old studio light that they use oh. to light scenes. That's what he's hanging on to the mm. entire time. And they go, and when they were talking about it, they, they were worried it was gonna look stupid, but they were like, the shot actually ended up turning out great. And I'll give them credit, it did. Mm-hmm. Another thing, kind of going back to the weird fireplace movies, the first scene, so when the original Henry crawls through the fireplace to go into the weird fiery dimension, that that entire thing was shot in one take. Mm. And I don't know if you know this, but shooting things in one take is incredibly difficult. It is far, far easier to get multiple shots of something from different angles. So yeah. if something doesn't work out or doesn't look good or something like that, you can do it in post-production. Well, you can cover it up with a different cut. Doing things with one take, it looks great, but they're crazy hard to do. Yeah. The other interesting thing about that film, since it was done in one take, that entire sequence was shot in, in two days, is it uses diegetic sound. And diegetic sound, what that is, that is sound that occurs within the world of the film. So think, you know, characters talking to each other. So think about dialogue. The characters can hear it. If a character starts playing their guitar or something, mm-hmm. you know, the characters can hear that. That would be, di- or just the, the sound design. So if they hear raindrops falling, that would be diegetic sound. I do want to do a side note right now. You can tell that Rachel is the, that this is her major. Yes. I, I know nothing about this. So hope I'm assuming most of you don't. So my level of confusion on my face is her meter of how much she needs to dumb it down. <laughs> yes. Like never heard of diegetic sound. But well, that's what that is. We're it's, learning. Yeah, this. This, this is a learning. This is educational. Experience. Don't y'all worry. But yeah, it's all diegetic sound, and so he mentioned he had to get the timing exactly right, and there really wasn't any room for error. He was like, "If I got this wrong, there wasn't much I could do in post." And they nailed that shot. They mm-hmm. really did. I think a lot of the camera work. So I think we mentioned this briefly before. The first mm-hmm. twenty minutes or so is done through pretty much the same 
point of view of the camera. Yeah, it's all kind of a it's it's, it's all kind of a medium shot. The camera doesn't move at all, and the it kind of reminded me of a Wes Anderson film mm-hmm. because it's almost symmetrically framed because the eulog always it's right in the center, Dead center yeah. of the screen, and everything else, all the other characters kind of move around it. And I just thought the framing of that was really interesting to say, and I think you were going on about that. And I think it kind of, I feel like it helped kind of make, immerse you in the movie because mm-hmm. you kind of like, at first it is the Yulog. You feel like you're actually watching one of those Yulog videos on YouTube. And then like, oh, you got, then when they expand the shot a bit, it's like, oh, I do feel like I'm sitting on this counter. Like the, the video, the camera, it's like sitting on the counter watching this couple because they never turn off the video camera, just leaves it running because he, he wants to film the proposal. So you do feel like you're kind of like looking in on these people's lives. Yeah. And then- It so, almost gives you a sense of security almost. See, I felt the exact opposite. Really? Because when you get like knowing that the killer and the mom- or just off screen, mm-hmm. it made me feel vulnerable. Really? Because it's like, I can't, there's no way I'm going to be able to see them coming. Mm-hmm. Because you, until that, up until this point, this camera has been dead set like this. So it's going to completely get you by surprise. Yeah. And one of the things they did in the, until it gets moved, I think it is the first, I don't know what the time point is, but there's this glass. And they yes. use the reflection from the glass to be able to see behind you. Mm-hmm. And so... I, when I watched this, when I watched it the first time, I was not home alone, but alone in my living room. And I watched that frame, like that little like reflection, like a hawk. Cause I did not want to be caught by surprise when they oh, came absolutely. out of that room. Yeah. Cause you just see the mother and the killer just peeking out, looking at the couple and the couple's oblivious. Oh yeah. But I'm watching that corner. They Is weren't it? moving without me knowing. Oh yeah. Very, <laughs> very creative shot design. I, oh, yeah. I really enjoyed it. So the other thing, you know, we've mentioned slavery a lot. And the director, when he was working on this, he found out that he has an ancestor that owned a slave. And he's like, that is that was something I kind of wanted to tackle in this movie. Huh. I don't think it was handled crazy well because no. with all the other, with the aliens and the and the serial killers. It was and taking the, away from the bigger message. Yeah, here. yeah. It's just, it's almost, there's too much going on and nothing is kind of given enough breathing room yeah i i don't know i felt like it's like when you watch those crazy sci-fi movies Mm -hmm. i feel like i was watching one of those and then they'd bring like this big topic of like dealing with the theme of slavery and stuff and i almost felt not inappropriate but kind of like i don't think i don't think it's (sighs) that this wasn't the way to do it a killer you log is not the time to talk about how Times are different, but also the exact same. And then I maybe with the main character, Alex, you can tell that they were trying to make him like a progressive kind of like, quote unquote, woke guy. Yeah. And he says to his, well, I guess not fiance, his girlfriend, who is a woman of color. Yeah. Relative in the time period you're on now, you shouldn't have anxiety because this is the best it's ever been for people like you. Yeah. They're definitely portraying him as kind of the douchey boyfriend i guess yeah like oh he he tries to be politically correct and tries to get the right thing but it's not he's not really understanding the message behind it yeah and i feel like that was the same thing with the slavery message i'm like i i really think they could have 100 gotten away with just leaving that out i think it would have made parts of the plot a little bit clearer because a lot of plot points are added 
and they aren't fully wrapped up and that is one of them the weird demon man yes. is another one and i think that would have helped tremendously or even just like cutting out the aliens yeah. or something if you really want to make it a story where we're learning something everything's just distracting from that message yeah keep keep it gr- well as grounded as a you know killer you log can be exactly leave the extraterrestrial out of this and i'm not i don't know i guess i'm not saying like movies like this can't like i don't know you see horror movies handle bigger sub yeah subject matter, and like anything Jordan Peele's can, works yeah anything can handle a message if done properly it doesn't matter what kind of genre your film mm-hmm. is it can handle it this one just didn't, missed the mark a it, bit. yeah just just a little bit but uh, he did he didn't mention in an interview with IndieWire that he wanted to take a risk and I will give him credit on that. He went out on a limb. He did take a risk and that is something you see a lot of people critique big budget films for is they don't take any risks. That's true. And he did take a risk. He was make he was he was doing some things. Yeah, he he was doing some things. He was things. trying. Yeah. And I mean, it might have worked because on Rotten Tomatoes, I believe this has an, this has an 80% score with the critics. That like actual critics on mm-hmm. just audience yeah actual critics that's insane yeah 80 percent certified fresh all that good stuff with the critics the audience was like 54 percent, which wow it's funny you think it'd be the other way yeah no that's insane to me also mm-hmm. how did they find it that's kind of my thing like how i did don't they know find it? That, that's well i mean i asked you that earlier is <laughs> that, that's always the thing with these movies you're like how do you find these but yeah so I mean, we, we're, we're getting to the point where we need to start wrapping this up. So, um, There's just so much to talk there about. There really this is. 90-minute movie. <laughs> yeah, it's 90 minutes. It'll fly by. It, it's till that one scene. It's till <laughs> that one scene at the end, but it's the greatest 90 minutes you'll ever experience. Watch it in, watch it with a group of friends. Everyone just needs to experience it. Makes it, because, it so much better. Well, because they'll catch things that you won't, and you'll catch things that they don't, exactly. and it makes the viewing experience so much better. But what I want to ask you is... After seeing this movie twice now, talking about it for an hour, would you recommend this to somebody? Oh, yeah. I, I feel bad that I forgot that I watched it. Like, I don't know how you can forget a movie like this, but mm-hmm. now, now I feel like I need to tell everyone to watch it. So that, that's how I'm feeling. I know I'm going to go into, you know, my job later this week and be like, yeah, y'all need to watch this movie. Just see it for yourself. Yeah. This truly... Words cannot do this movie justice. No. You need to watch it. It's on HBO Max. Please watch it. You can probably rent it a few places too yeah. for like a two or three dollars. Oh yes. It's worth the two or three dollars. It absolutely is. Please watch this movie. Get a free trial of HBO for this. Yes. So with that, we're gonna wrap it up. Thank you so much for tuning in to Crappy Bag of Popcorn. Tune in next week for the next movie. It's gonna be a mystery, but we're, don't worry, we're working on it. So <laughs> thank you so much and have a good rest of your week. <laughs>